What's up, everybody? I'm First Class Reg. I'm Tori B. And thank you for tuning in to episode, well, I should say case 137 of the Rap and Order podcast. This episode, we're getting into Astro World, which is Travis Scott's third album. Um, I know we wanted to do something really special for this and kind of just recount like how it was in that time before we even got into the episode. Like, so when this came out, like, like T, what you remember from this dropping? Um, well, I remember this. I remember that he announced this album before Birds, uh, Birds in the Trap Same at Night even like came out. Like, because this was supposed to be the continuation to uh, Rodeo. So yeah. it was like really, it was like really like weird because I was like, damn, like, is this like a label thing? Like, what's going on? So it seemed like we got Birds in the Trap Same at Night. Like, I guess that was like a label obligation or whatever like that. But like, he had a vision. And then, um, so for me, it was just dope to like find that out because I felt like Birds and Traps and Midnight was kind of like, uh, I enjoyed songs of it, but I didn't enjoy the journey of listening to that project. But yeah. then um, hearing this project, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like he's continuing the story. And then it's kind of like telling the story of his childhood and like dealing with fame because like he became, he became like one of the biggest stars in the world after this project came out. And then he was dating one of the most famous women on the planet, Kylie Jenner, and they had a kid together and stuff. So I just thought that that was really cool and dope. So another thing that was going good around that time was um, the fact that all the merch that he dropped. I think this oh, is yes. yeah, this is when this is when Travis Scott really became a brand. Like before, he was just making good music, and you didn't really know what to make of his image yet. But like, he became a brand. Like that fucking the concerts everything he became like the king like he was already like bubbling like people already knew how special travis scott's show was but this made him like the king of rage in hip-hop he like, did, yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah he, so, uh, he and, brought uh, energy he brought an energy to like it's funny right so because we always had rage in hip-hop but it was always like a niche thing but he yeah. actually made that like the main like like the mainstream because you got to think that you know we had like ice t with his with his um, rap group body count um we had all of the artists like uh 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 damn um not insane clown posse even though they did it too um cypress hill mm-hmm. right so like we had like a lot of, of bands that like kind of like brought like a, the, the punk and grunge kind of like uh effect to hip-hop and like raising but like these really went in yeah but um but we say all that to say, obviously, we praise this album, but there are people out there and we're aware that there are people out there that don't really like it the way that we do. So we're always open to talking to those type of people. And that's the type of episode that this ends up being. People that, you know, we end up talking to some good friends that uh, don't really share the same sentiments as us, at least not 100%. So I'm not allowed to like the album, but still think it's overrated. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that kind of. Well, we'll get into that too. Well, the reason why I say that, right, is because when I was thinking about it, I'm like, was this like 2018? Remember, remember that year, 2018, of all the projects that dropped that year, right? Yeah, 2018. You got, yeah, you got 2018. Right? We got Daytona. We got Kid C Ghost. We got Yay, we got Invasion of Privacy, we got KOD from J. Cole, we got Scorpion from Drake, uh, Culture 3, we got Swimming, we got Championships, um, Everything is Love from the Carters, Victory Lap from Nip, 
Drip Harder from uh, from Little Baby and, and Gunna, um, Dalit, <laughs> uh, Bare Bones and Bentleys. We got the Nas album, Queen from Nicki Minaj. Uh, let's see, oh, Kamikaze from Eminem. We got some good ones for sure, but I think right. this this and Invasion of Privacy are the most impactful albums of that year. Over over Scorpion, really? Think so? Yeah, Scor- I mean Drake is Drake, but this Scorpion Scorpion was not because I mean you know you can't drop a double disc album in this day and age and it, and it goes over that well. It just you like, it was too bloated. And you, and you just gonna like like just sideswipe my man Pusha T. Yeah, Pusha Pusha had a great album, but he had a great year. But, but he campaign, he was campaigning like a motherfucker. Album of the year. Yeah, oh, he says that every album. Yeah, he says that every album. Freddie said the same thing. Um, but I think uh, what stopped Daytona. Daytona, I wouldn't say was impactful. I think that run was impactful. That that run was crazy, and that was Kanye and and then and then his beef with Drake. Which kind of took away from the shine of his album itself. Okay. Well, but yeah, without further ado, we are going to get into this album, Case 137, To another episode of Rap in Order. I'm First Class Reg. I'm Jordan B. And today we have, man, we have a full house. We have Funny Julius. Ooh wee. We have, <laughs> we have LA joining us. We have Aviles. Yep. And we have the beautiful Mena gracing us with her presence. How are you guys? Hi. I'm ready. It's good to be here. Ready. It's good to see all of you. So uh so today um we're going over Astro World. Astro World is the third studio album from Travis Scott. It was released in 2018. A lot of great albums came out in 2018. Um this was Travis Scott's really big push into, you know, like I said it earlier, but like the King of Rage status, like his concerts, everything, his merch. Everything that followed up with this was like just so well executed. But um, we have some people in here that may not feel completely the same and may not be in favor of this album fully. Um, I want to kick it off with starting with Julius. I know Julius has plenty of praise for this album. So, Go. yeah, um, let's talk about how amazing this album is, how classic uh, this is a hip hop classic, and not only a hip hop classic. I believe that this will be a um, in the future. This will possibly be, you know, a uh, a Rolling Stones uh, top five hundred album. Um, it'll probably make the top five hundred album. Um, that's that's you know that's just a, a a thought in my mind. This is how good the album is sounding. Um, from the cover, David LaChapelle. Uh, famous photographer. If you don't know, please do your Googles. He shot the album cover um, from the just the, the sampling from the 
the run, like, oh man, this, 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 this song run was just so stacked and so crazy, like literally like fluid from the beautiful features, from the composition, from the, 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 the lyrics. Shout out to the songwriters on this, um, who, who, who put Bust the Ass in this. And also, of course, you know, the production is a grand, of, of course, it's going to be that. But the impact of the album, of of what was like, let's get out of the, uh, let's get you know out of what the album sounds like and what the album is. The best Astro World, like this album was just just just, just set Texas, the, the whole state of Texas, to a new realm. Um, let's get into him, Travis Scott making himself the icon, putting himself. In, in, in a, 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 a top, uh, what, top five um, uh, a conversation, uh, whether you disagree or whether you agree or not, top five conversation of best uh, rap artists. Um, let's talk about, like, the, the, the revenue this uh, album gave to him. Let's talk about the merch this uh, album uh, gave. Let's talk about the fandom and the fandom of what this album gave. This album is truly a classic. May not be, it may, the, it may, every song may not be perfect. It could be what, two or three songs that's, uh, like, that's bad, but wow. This, this, this album is truly a moment that will stand the test of time. And uh, like, it's, the marketing was just in, in, insane. And that is where I rest my hand. Okay. Do we have anyone else to step up to dispute this? If we're just talking about the album itself, that shit was overrated, bro. Like, it has its high points. It's cool. It was fun. But is anybody, I, is it going to stand a decade? What are we, uh, 2018? We're 2021, so we got seven more years to go. And it's kind of like when we'd be like, yo, you remember when the King the Car came out? That shit was cool. But then when you really think about all the rides you've ever been on, does King the Car really fall in the top five rides you've ever been on at Six Flags? Or It was cool. It was a, it was one of the greatest um, musical moments in, in this last decade. I give him that. Like, outside of what the album is, outside of the musical aspect, it's cool, it's adventurous, but when you really think about it, nah, it's, it's exactly what it was. A roller coaster it has its high points, then it has a hard drop, and it comes up, and then it goes, you know? It's kind of like the stock market, you know? You, you know, wake up and it's booming, and then, then, you know, it's all like, yo, what the fuck is going on, man? So, yeah, that's how I feel. Okay. Okay. Um, thank you for that, LA. Uh Mena, do you wh- which side are you are you leaning toward with this album? All right. So I'm kind of straddling the line with this one. I think that it was iconic, especially because it was a summer album. It was August, I think, right? In release. It so was. I have specific memories of walking down the street and you hear it everywhere. I think it was an iconic moment for Travis because not to say that Travis doesn't have bars, but to me, the thing that carries this album so much is the production and the melodies around everything that was built. That's what you remember from it. It's also how impactful the features that were on it, like Frank, James Blake, Kid Cudi, like all these people that made it such a momentous occasion. 
Um, so I have a lot of love for it. I think after hearing what LA had to say, again, I don't, I kind of agree with him in the sense that I don't know if it's going to be decades to come. This is the first thing people talk about, but I do think it will stand a test of time. Like I do think it's an album that you can go back and listen to years from now and enjoy, especially in the sense of Travis's entire disc- discography. So I'm a little bit like, I'm actually interested in seeing how either Julius or LA wins me over on this one. Okay. And uh, and while you were saying that, I did just notice that we had Kosi join us. Kosi, thank you for joining us, bro. Oh, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, uh, and as you know, we're going over Astral World. So I wanted to know which side you're leaning toward with this album. This album is a is a is a world breaker. This album is it, and this was this is what catapulted Travis to the stratosphere. Um, this is what kind of made him into like obviously this in combination with his association with the Kardashians and other things. But I think that Astro World is what introduced him into the Travis Scott that we have right now. Like you know, he doesn't get the PS Five and the McDonald's and the Cactus Jack, and he doesn't get to those levels without this album. So it's kind of like, to say that this album is mid or to say that it's a flop or to say that it's not, you know, it's not a moment in time is kind of underestimating it. And I think that people are speaking to it because of their personal preference for Travis rather than being objective and understanding his relevance to his fans. Like, people go mad for Travis. That That's, and that, that's not like a trippy red or XXX Tentation on this. It's not like that. It's just a completely different type of realm. The same way they go crazy for Kid Cudi. So it's kind of like, there's a reason for that. You know what I mean? So I think that this album in general, um, I don't know if it's like, I think it's a personal classic for me. Um, I'm sure it's a regional classic for his community. Um, in terms of like a, a blueprint S classic, I don't believe it's in that category, but I do think that it'll stand the test of time and it deserves a bit more respect. Okay. And that's the that's the perfect way to uh and I'm sorry, wait, Torian, you wanted to you wanted to share something on this one? Yeah, of course. Um so this album definitely was a moment because it was anticipated for so long. But and I think that the album how can I say? So the album is kind of like junk food. It's really good, you know, it doesn't, you know. It's enjoyable, like it does something for you. I've I've, I've went to Astro World twice. I got a bunch of t-shirts. Um, you know, I, I did all that, right? Like it, I did the whole nine. But I'll be honest with you, I haven't been back to this album in, in years. Mm-hmm. It came out in 2018. I, I, I kind of I haven't revisited this album. Um, I revisited some other albums in 2018 that came out that year, and um, this one is not on the list. Um, I just think that uh. Is it, it was this this project was more so of like a filler project, and for a lot of Travis Scott fans, they kind of um they're fanatics to me. They're kind of like they they because there's so many things to buy into. He has toys. He's on Fortnite. He's he's selling clothes. He's he has a deal with McDonald's. Like he's making cereal. Like he's a brand, right? And I think like that also make, makes like a like a big figure. He's like Stone Cold Steve Austin rapping, bro. Like. He's just everywhere. You can't like out. Like I can't deny that. Like his popularity is there, and I'm not saying that the music sucks. I just think that the album. I agree. I, I agree with LA. I think the album's overrated. I don't think that. Uh, 
this is like an album that like stands the test of time. I don't think that like later on, like we'll be talking about um, how good this album is or anything like that. I, I, like it, for it, and even especially like for his genre um, to the build up. And I think and I think that also happened because even though it was anticipation of two years, the album was two years in the making. Um, I think Birds and Trap Same Night kind of like messed that up a little bit in my opinion that way because Birds and Trap Same Night was kind of a disappointment. That was a disappointment. That like I, I feel like everybody agrees with that one for me. Of course, Ellie shook his head. I don't agree. I don't agree with that. Danny, you want to chime in on on your overall um your overall take on this album before we get into it? I think it's not for our generation, the younger generation who at the time uh, understood this more. I think he brands to more of the younger guys at a time when um, things like, I feel like 14 year olds and 18 year olds now, speaking to my nephews, completely get him and are immersed in him. And it goes to a lot with Torian said because he's such a branding genius, but I didn't get Travis Scott at first. I didn't like Travis Scott probably up until Rodeo. And the only reason is because I seen him perform live. After seeing him perform live, hearing his music is different to me. I don't listen to him for a lyrical, like let's sit through. I listen because I want to be in a good mood because I need high energy for my day because I want to be in the, in that zone of nah, I'm, I'm, I'm that dude. Fuck that. It's uh, very different from most artists, but I realized that, yeah, I think very much so. This is an album. I think this personally for me, this might be his best album overall because I think just it just flows in a way his other projects haven't before. I think with Travis Scott, he gets better and better each project. And I think this is his uh, really his best one. I do think it's going to run over time, but I think I understand why people just don't get Travis. Okay. All right. So uh, without further ado, that would just take us right into the album. The album kicks off with uh, Stargazing. Stargazing is produced by Sunny Digital, Be Weezy, B Corn, sorry if I said that wrong, 30 Rock, Travis himself, Mike Dean, and Alan Ritter. Uh, opening statements on this song? I'll go with Torian. All right, Your Honor. So when I was listening to this project, I was able to break it down into sections, right? So you have section one where it's traditional Travis Scott. It's, it's, it's very vibrant, it's very energetic, it's very loud. Um, everything that you would expect. It's one beat switch up and, you know, he kind of like made that his thing, you know, uh, on the tracks and everything is about nostalgia, right? It's just like you go to the theme park and as soon as you're there, you got like a rush. And this is this is the, the thing that what I'm saying, like it starts off with such a rush that the rest of the album, you kind of come, you're coming, you're, you spend the rest of the album coming down. So this is literally what I'm saying, that the album starts out so high, there's no buildup. It's it. I kind of feel like that's for a reason, and that's more wait, for wait. a drug crowd. I am, so, I, I am so sorry, Your Honor, but that man is in contempt. <laughs> <laughs> are we raising hands? What are we doing? <laughs> Your Honor, I'm, I'm sitting here just making my case. <laughs> and this, this gentleman is over here trying to convince the jury otherwise, not while I'm speaking. And uh, sorry, so I'm okay. going to Mena, you have something to say for me? Yeah, no, I, I, object, say, I, I think it is 
I was, he said Mena, Julius. Sorry. <laughs> I think that it is a really strong start. I think it is a really Travis record, but I love what you said about the high start and the come down. Isn't a lot of what Travis gives us kind of going on a drug rage? And that's what I think about, especially when I think about, you know what I'm saying? We've all had a life and lived a past. If I'm thinking MDMA, if I'm thinking like the types of drugs that Travis probably be doing around that time, you start really fucking high and then you come down. So if anything, to me, that's poetic. I don't think it's like, I don't think it works against him that it starts so strongly and then dwindles down. I know we're going to get to it later, but if you go from thinking of stargazing all the way down to coffee bean, it's absolutely a big rush to a, to a come down. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what being on drugs like that feels like. So if anything, mm-hmm. he's playing a story to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to add to that, saying that this is a hip-hop psychedelical um, album. So there goes the facts and why it is a high to a come down. I'm not sure if you used to any drugs, but what Meta said, it is a high to a come down which everybody loves a good come down. A smooth come down. Exactly. And if you notice, there's a beat switch in stargazing. The stargazing, it represents the switch from the high. The switch from, oh, okay, I'm low, I'm, I'm bad. If you take the drug, you switch. Now you have a beat switch that's with more beat. BM, beat per minute. There we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah, this album feels like it's just him. Go ahead, my bad. Um, so yeah, I think that the, the reason why I object is because one, like we're already like we're talking about the record, the record, like stargazing. Torian is talking about like the, the first section of the records, first section of the album leading into now like he starts the record off fire like stargazing is fire one of my favorite beats on the record anything anything outside of discussing the records is misleading in my opinion you know what i'm saying because you're trying to you're trying to manipulate it like oh yeah this is where it's supposed to be hype like, did we forget that nc17 did we forget that astro thunder did we forget that i can't wait like you know what i'm saying like there's there's records sprinkled throughout the album that are not like MDM coming down. Like, that's not the case. Yes, it starts off super high consistency, but there are definitely peaks and there are definitely the like highs and lows throughout the project. So I think that we need to kind of chill with this narrative that it starts OD high in the beginning and then it just plummets right into like the depths of Tartarus or some shit towards the end because it doesn't. Like, it comes back up and it goes back down and it comes back up again. I think that Stargazing is a strong start to the record. Um, I'm not gonna like my, let my bias go any further than that, but I definitely think it's an amazing record. And the beat switch is fantastic, and I think it sets the tone. Like as soon as the record comes on, like when you're playing that in the car, you're going nuts. Like you're like the first time I heard Stargazing, I, like I'm like, yo, this record is 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 it's got me feeling like fucking nuts in the car, and that's a great feeling. That's exactly what nigga said about it being a Travis esque feeling. And I think that you couldn't, you couldn't have gotten off to a better start. Like amazing sequences so far. Your Honor. Yeah. Now, wait, I want to hear L.A. rip it apart, if he's going to rip it apart. Because that's what he came here to do. That is what he I'm, came here to do. I'm not a biased person. I'm not a biased person. Matter of fact, stargazing is like, you know, that record. 
but that's why this album ends up on some bullshit because it's, it's you know you get drawn in like oh shit especially when the beat switch now you know what it is for me when the uh especially with the beat switch the second half of the record your adrenaline starts pumping really fast like oh shit so if anything you burn out faster like when you take a five hour energy energy drink and it kicks in faster than you thought or faster than you expected it you gonna end up burning fast and we're gonna get there we're gonna get how we get to hell fast we're taking stargazing off the stand Target, that's going to take us in the carousel, which features Frank Ocean. It's produced by Mike Dean and Hit Boy. Chauncey. So, we, Kosi, I want to hear from you for this, for this track. Two for two. Two for two. Okay. He's two for two. Like, um, Hit Boy did exactly what needed to be done. He understood the assignment. That's it. Like, it, you know, he... He wasn't like all over this. He wasn't like he wasn't. He didn't have multiple. He didn't have like OD production in his album. But I think that maybe the one or two records that he has. I think this one was kind of like a big statement record between um, him and Travis. Um, I think that, like Julia said, you know, you're coming off of a high. Like even if you're coming down, oh, let's even go there because even if Star Stargazing is a tale of two acts, um, he picks it right back up with Carousel, and just when you thought, like, it was time to chill, like, the first, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm gonna keep it from song to song, from Stargazing into Carousel, there's a lull where you think, like, there's some downtime, he's about to go into maybe a chill record, because how, like, how hard can you go after where we just went, Carousel takes it right back up, and it sets the tone again, man, so he, he definitely, he's got his foot on our neck so far. Uh, really quick, if I could uh, just speak to something Cozy said, I think that speaks more to how drug influenced this album is because the type of drugs Mena was referencing earlier, it is it waves. It starts off great, but each wave gets lower and lower, and it dips lower and lower on the way off. It kind of that's literally the term that's used for it, waves. So the fact that the beginning part, as to what Tony was explaining of the album, how it goes this way. It's the hardest, it's the harder hitting waves, especially for this particular song, which they're basically talking about being all on drugs right now. You know, like literally talking about doing methamphetamines and all that. So I think that's exactly the feeling. I feel like this whole thing is literally him going to Astral World, just tripping balls or just tripping for a festival or something and is going through his day. And this album's just depicting his day of the drugs. Like in a fun way, not the sad way. Yeah, in a great way. In a great way. Like he's having an amazing time. So let's talk about the presence of Frank Ocean. Thank you. Let's talk about the presence of Frank Ocean. Not the not just the chorus, not just the chorus, but verse three. Verse. Moving in silence, don't even mean moving moving slow, even though the sea old. First off, first off, yes, amazing. Presence is amazing. How you can slid right through it, yes, that is the gold in this song right here. Thank you, Frank Ocean. Thank you, Travis Scott, for starting the, the high, but thank you, Frank Ocean, for bringing the high. That's what I'm talking about, and that's what's needed. Uh, that's what was needed in this song. 
that's what makes this song so damn good. Does anyone have uh, something to add to that? LA? <laughs> that's, that's right on fucking cue right there. I'll tell you that much, Your Honor. Nah, that was no, no, no. What I was saying was like, um, the both samples kind of uh went into each other, so um, it kind of has that like, you fuck the club up, bitch. You know that. T- excuse my language, of course, for the audience. And, you know, I'm just phrasing in the songs. That's not my Didn't personal views. Worse in this courtroom. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I think uh that I was going off from Meta's point of his A and R, his ear, and knowing how to make two two samples on two different songs flow into each other to make a record co- uh make two songs cohesive. So as of right now, it's two for two, which will go into my point of how we get to hell. So right now, it's like, yo, Shorty's giving me mad good energy. I'm hopeful, I'm excited. First day go good. Second day go good. Third day is about to be the, the big record, right? So third day we smash and then all of a sudden she reveals her new side. Stay tuned. Whoa. Okay. Wow. Um, LA. So we're gonna go about it. Again, another objection. <laughs> Misleading the jury. That's a really sick and toxic way of describing <laughs> listening to an album, okay? <laughs> well, uh, I, I expect I, I expect a little more from you, LA, you know, just, just being a little more, more respectful towards women and stuff, you know? All right, so we're on sickle mode now. Thank you. So we're going Man. into sickle mode now. It's, oh. uh, it's Travis Scott. It features Drake. It's produced by Q-Beats, Oz, Hit Boy, and Tay Keith. Oh, yeah, actually, I do. You know, I, I want to... I no, wait, hold on. Since we're about to get into sickle mode, this is what I want to talk about. You know, uh, I understand that my, that my partner, me and my partner, are here to, uh, you know basically uh, trash this fucking album, right? But what I also want to do is I want to fucking say, what the fuck was Drake's problem? What the fuck was he doing? Like, he basically gave us the directions to go to fucking Kanye West's house? What was that about? <laughs> I was fucked up. He took, he took a somebody page. tell me what was that about? He what was the point of that? He took a page what out of what did I have to, like, why do we? Why do you have to do that? He took a page out of Jeezy's book. You know, he gave he gave somebody to drop. You know, whatever somebody do with that information, they do with that information. You know, Your Honor, they're 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 pushing the the trial in the direction. Yeah, you guys are pushing it further ahead than I was. I think so the jury needs to uh, strike, strike. I need more the order in this court. This is my shit. All right. You know, so are we on sick? We're all, we're going into sickle mode now. We need to respect Judge Mister Bitches. <laughs> Wait, I, I want to say something because I'm gonna run to the restroom and, uh, at this very moment. But um, iconic. There's nothing to say about it. It's fucking sickle mode. How about it? So let's say um, this was the rap song of the year. Let's 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 call it. Let's call it out. You can't name another song, a bigger song that had more spins, that had more a uh, club play, that had more festival play that had everybody just doing beat switches. This song was so good that it had people losing their minds about comparison. Um, I'm telling you right now, the beat switches is amazing. Drake's verse was, verse was just so beautiful. The video, let's talk about the visuals. 
um, I would like to say top 10 music video of the year. Let's get into that. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, yeah, that's all I have um, for now. Okay. And and Kosi, it look like you guys, well, no. Torian, go ahead. Julius, what the fuck was that? Did you just, you just said that, like, did you just say that Travis Scott created beat switches? No, I did not. No, what you said. That's not what I said. Thank you. So, this, this is my, this is my thing, right? All Travis Scott did was just play off nostalgia and we over here praise treating this man like he just, you know, recreated the wheel and shit like that. He did it. That's all I'm saying. Like, I wasn't even coming here to trash this album this much, but Julius is fucking killing me. So now I just got to take it there, right? This is a great song. I've, I've definitely danced to it. I've definitely had a good time to it. But it's just him just remaking something that we've sounds and, and, and a film that we've already got. I'm being presented is, it's been done that way, but has it been bigger than what Travis Scott has done? You forget. The answer forget. to that is no. Like I think, I think people are forgetting that this record with Diamond. Like, excuse me, on. I can't hear you. I got wax in my ear. Can you say that one more yeah, time? Yeah, I think people are forgetting that this this record with Diamond. I mean, Drake's on giving out Kanye West's the address of Kanye West's house. I'm pretty sure a lot of his fans wanted to figure out how listen, to get there. We we forget. Hey. Like, listen, I, I, I know. I know we're in 2021, right? And sometimes when, as time goes on, we try to downplay shit, forgetting where we were when we first heard these records. I remember where I was. Um, I remember the energy. I remember the memes. I remember the, the DJ, you know, putting, putting us on cue in, in these parties, right? And that's for a reason. This record was huge, right? Of course, did we prefer the second half to the first? I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, I, I think we can all agree that the second half of the record, um, the beat switch, you know, just was just infectious for a reason. But this record was huge, man. Like this was probably one of the biggest songs of 2018. And the, yeah, I, I I don't think that you can deny that. Um, I, I don't even though it didn't, even though it didn't, you know, kind of start a even though it didn't recreate the will. I think it just reaffirmed for a lot of people that there's nothing wrong with changing the trajectory of a song and it can still be a single. It doesn't have to be a pod, it doesn't have to be an album cut. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, something that you experimented on that gets tucked away at the back of the album. Like you can legitimately say, listen, let's get all of the best producers. Let's let's hit them with a double whammy on one record, kill this shit and see where it goes. And it's channeling for me, it's channeling Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes was, was was a rapper that made this this trend extremely popular with some of his biggest records. Beat switches in the middle of it, or towards the end of the track, and you ended up loving you know the the, the latter part just the same as the first. And I feel like the diversity in those his singles is what made him an iconic you know iconic artist. The same way that this record made this an iconic album. I think I think uh, us I think arguing that Travis is a foul nigga for letting Drake disrespect his um his in law like that. On the record was 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 a better argument to be honest with you. That's no, no, no. Yeah, but you can't you can't bite the the mouth that feeds you, so to speak. Like yeah, man, I feel like where he is. So that's a tough spot. But see, but see, here here's the thing though. Like technically, it wasn't his dish; it was just in his restaurant. You see what I'm saying? Nah, Travis was fucking ad libbing that shit. Like a nah, bro. (laughs) (laughs) We're gonna go right into R.I.P. Screw. 
R.I.P. Screws, the fourth track on this album, and it features Sway Lee. It's produced by Mike Dean, Travis Scott, and F- FKI First. Sorry if I fucked that up, but yeah. yeah Imagine if it's Pete. Like, I'm just wondering. <laughs> I like to call. I like to call this part of the album Section Two. Hmm. Section Two. Uh, on the, on the I call this. Yeah, I call this Section Two. This is where uh, he kind of, you know, this and, and stop trying to be God. This is where I guess he tries. You know, he goes. He goes. He's doing it again. He's going up the nostalgia thing. He knows that everybody loves DJ Screw. You know, so you know he he does that, and it's a, it's a cute tribute, right? And then. Well, I'm not going to skip. I'm just going to stay on this track. He's getting a little bit more vulnerable. You know, he, you know, DJ Screw is a Houston legend. It was smart. Like, you know, it's, it's a cool thing to do. Like, I get it. And he, and Travis is a huge staple in Houston. I get it. I understand where you're going. Okay. I get it. But uh, it's pretty obvious. Thanks. So, so we're acknowledging that this is four for four? Right. I didn't acknowledge that it was. I didn't acknowledge that it was three for three. Number one. I mean, your your co your 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 co lawyer. Your partner, you know, said he was three for three. So we're just assuming that it's three for three. And you just didn't, you didn't actually didn't bash his record. You actually bigged it up and understood his placement on the album. So I'm assuming that we're four for four because. I swear to God, if Drake wasn't on this fucking album, we would win this case. I swear to God. That's oh, the only thing come that on. Me. Listen, um, nah. we're, we're four for four. Torian made the case for me. This people people forget, like, and listen, let's not get to a point where we start using these homages that Todd that um that Travis is playing to his home state against him. The album is representative of where he comes from, so there's gonna be homages throughout. So each time he does it, let's not point it out like it's like we see what he's trying to do, like, yes, that's what he's trying to do because that's what the album is supposed to do. It's supposed to bring, it's supposed to celebrate Houston. It's supposed to bring awareness to the legacy of Houston. With given his platform, he's saying, listen, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not new, right? I come from someplace. I have a history. I have arrived on the backs of people that have come before me. And I couldn't give you this album without bringing awareness to what they've done. That's what RIP Screw is. It's the first of many records on this album. Where he's reached back to bring his to bring the history forward and present it because it's special as hell. This is an amazing record. I mean, yes, don't get me wrong. Are we coming? I guess are we? Is it is it as high octane? No, but I do think that you know him having Sway Lee on this record and on the last record as well. Um, I think that you know they're develop they've developed a good relationship so far. They kind of know what they what needs to be done between the two of them. And I love what I love what he offered. Before it was just background vocals and some, you know, some uncredited work here and there. But I think he really took the stage here and he delivered. Talking about Slay Lee. It was okay. also a perfect year for him, too. It was 2018. Like it was it was the very right time to put Sway Lee at the forefront like that on the track. All right. All right. So we'll move into the next song. Next song is Stop Trying to Be God. This song features James Philip Motherfucking Blake. Okay. <laughs> And James Blake. It's amazing. Kid Cudi and Stevie Wonder. It's produced by Travis Scott, Q Beats, Mike Dean, and J Beats. Come on. Yo, I just want to say one thing. Reggie's disappointment when he realized it was just a harmonica that we were getting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I first, yeah. He was pissed 
when he we put all all it was with Monica. But Stevie is the best at harmonica. Who else do you want to floss the harmonica? Nah, it's just Reg's reaction was just so hilarious to me when he when he realized it. Yeah, I want I just wanted some vocals. I love Stevie. But uh but Torian. You know, uh I also wanted to bring the exhibit how Reg dreams about fucking Stevie Wonder up for pretending to be able to see. I just felt like this is evidence that should be brought to the stand. You said <laughs> When you said that so slow that I really thought it was going to go somewhere else. I, I didn't know where that was going, but <laughs> I am the judge. All right? So, I know. I'm, I'm sorry, Your Honor. He's sorry, contempt Your Honor. of court. That is contempt of court, my brother. Whatever was said in the past is the past. Uh, Cozy, how we feel about this song, sir? Um, I, it, you know... This record grew on me. Um, Trav's verses, when the beat settles, it is just him kind of melodically, you know, flowing over the record. Um, I like that it calmed down, right? Um, The beat and and the chorus to me and the Cuddy singing, it was a lot going on, but there are definitely some calm moments in this record that that I can vibe with. Um, this was a point for me when when I first listened to it, I was like, you know, we were four for four. And then I was like, eh. like, this was a kind of a, a stop for me. Doesn't mean it's bad. It's grown on me. Um, but I don't know if this one should have gotten a single treatment that it got. Um, I think this was him just giving the thorn a B cut out there just to see, you know, where it would land. But um, I think, you know, given the pace of the record so far, the placement seems spot on. Um, the elements that he has incorporated into, into the track do make sense. I just wasn't a big fan of the chorus, but I loved where Trav went when the spotlight was just on him and he was just rapping. Uh, perfect song, James Blake blew it out the water. Beautiful, beautiful beat. What I want to know to the jury, I pose this question to the jury, okay? Did you know Stevie Wonder before this song? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Just a question. Just a question. Think about it. Think about it. Just a question. We're moving to the next song. It's No Bystanders. It features Juice World, Rest in Peace. And it features Shaq West. It's produced by Young Larry David, TM88, uh, Mike Dean, Gazin, and Wonder Girl. Okay, I think Torian wants to say something. So, Yana, I want to put this song on the stand for being the most obnoxious song on the album. So this is where I'm at with it, and I just wanted to open it with that part. That's my opening statements. Okay. All right, thank you. And Kosi? So I I just find it, you know, funny that once again, we, we talked about how we're going into hell, right? Like, you know, the album is just going to drop, but... The line that my opponent, L.A., quoted with Fuck the Club, but bitch actually happens in track number six of this album, not within the first three. So clearly the album is doing what? It's going back up, right? Um, Obviously, this record and my other opponent, Torian, is his beef with the record is clearly 
biased because he doesn't enjoy the chorus. That is the obnoxious part of the record that he's referring to. But once again, once we get into the verses, it's actually very approachable. It's legible. You can hear clearly what the artist is saying. The bars, I'm not saying the bars are abundant, but the vibes are there. The energy is there. It's a raging record. What does Travis, uh, what does Travis Scott do? What is, he, uh, what is he known for in this hip-hop industry? Making records just like this, palatable, right? Popping, making, making these shits jump. That's exactly what this record does. This beat on this, this beat, yo, this beat is crazy. Like this beat is crazy. In a car, this beat goes dumb. So I don't know how you can say this. Yes, it's obnoxious. It's obnoxiously good. It's obnoxiously good. Yes, yeah, do I need Sheck West screaming, bitch? No, I don't. I don't need that. But I'm I telling women. This is also true, right? Um, so I'm just saying that don't let your discomfort <laughs> with Sheck West or your bias against the chorus blind you from the fact that this beat is fire. Travis rolled the beat the way it needed to be done. And this shit slaps in the G. As the woman in this circle right now, um, let's not play pretend we're judging a hip hop album. There's going to be a couple bitches and things thrown around and there's going to be some characters that are um, not as welcome as others or have a colorful past and a disgusting past. So the same way we're not going to bring the ghostwriters into the mix. I don't think this takes away from the song. Like Julia said, the party never ends. Let's not pretend and get high and mighty on our respect women shit because we all do and we know we all know who we are, but it's also the reality of what the fuck we're judging right now. <laughs> what is on the stand? I have an argument to make and I'm going to try to Sorry. Uh Tori, and you wanna you wanna make that argument? I have arguments to make and I'm gonna drive them home. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not I'm not here to uh I'm not on I'm not on trial right now. This album is. Okay. Okay. Which is why um, I commented on your comments because your values and your morals are not on on trial. The track is. The track is exactly. Okay, so man, I'm liking this. All right, so we'll get we'll get to the next song. Next song is Skeletons. Skeletons features Tame Impala, and The Weeknd. Like who are you? And Pharrell Williams. I like, come on, like come on. It's produced by Travis Scott himself and Kevin Parker. Let's talk about the yo, you gotta get me um, singing and him singing as the promo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the use of Tommy and Paula when I say Hold on one second. Wait a goddamn minute. This man just said Tammy, Tammy Impala. What did he just say? No, he said Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Impala. This motherfucker. Tommy. All right, so go ahead. What would you say about Tommy? (laughs) Well, the Impalas, when I say great use of them, like, oh my goodness, this is so good. And this is why I think Travis Scott is just bigger than hip hop. He's just like, just more of the, uh, like the, the hip hop. Uh, 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 sound. Um, I it, it's just so good. This was so great. This is a track that you just 
this is not even a hip hop track. This is like something that you just hear at like a, a, a festival for just white people. I love this track so much. This track was amazing. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, <laughs> oh, it's always been Tame Impala. Always, <laughs> always been Tame Impala. Not Tommy. Okay. Not Tommy. Hey. Not, not. <laughs> You, yeah, thought, I know. you thought it was some Latin woman, didn't you? My cheeks hurt. <laughs> that is is actually just one guy. Taming Paul is one guy. This shit's great. And it's it's great to head back from the lower to start building the energy back up the way he does. Hmm. Okay. okay. This record was boring as fuck. <laughs> you can't you can't you can't talk more about it you just want to insult it outright that's it nah it's just it was you know wait give a fuck about this record bro <laughs> bullshit, you don't fuck with Tommy <laughs> nah this no. record was was pointless bro the, the, the next couple of records is pointless alright so we'll get you know, into I, the next one LA, you, you, you don't you've never done any drugs ever huh that has nothing to do with this case. Yeah, I don't I, think I, that that's fair either, Danny, though. I don't, I, I mean. I'm, I'm okay, you don't. So you don't like the record because are you just used to listening to just hip hop or do you listen to other music and just skim through it? Mm. Yo, you can't even say that, yo, bro. You had this whole record wrong. <laughs> you can't even say that. You had the whole record wrong. So you thought I, it was a shallow, bro. What are you talking about? So I'm, I have a question. You don't appreciate this type of music because you're just listening to just that rap record music. was boring, bro. I'm telling it's you, boring. It, it, it's boring. So it's boring. It's it boring to boring. you because you boring. I was ready listen. to go to sleep, son. So it's it's boring to you because you only listen to rap records with rap influences and nothing else. Yo, we have the footage. This episode is live. You just got the record wrong, Julius. The song, I got the artist wrong, not the song, because I can defend this song all day because of the influence it brings. You can only, if you only listen to uh, a hip-hop song with hip-hop influences in it, then you can't, you can't, you can't scour the song. Because it has more than zipper in it. Julia said you only listen to drill beats. Nah, I, I want Julius to get a law degree because sometimes I don't even know if he believes it, but it's the it's it's the passion with which I would right. want him representing me in court. That's all I'm gonna say on that. We're gonna me, take this song. We're gonna take this song off the stand. We're gonna go to Wake Up. Wake Up features the weekend again. Uh and it's produced by John Mayer, Frank Dukes. Uh, Wallace Lane and Seven Thomas. Pussy so oh, good. Yeah. Pussy so sweet. Travis Scott is a son of a bitch for using the weekend so well on two tracks back to back. That's my argument for this one. Okay. Wow. wow. <laughs> I was not expecting that. Uh, that sounded like a backhanded compliment there. Yeah. Once again, like this, this oh, isn't what? sounding like. A diss, this is sounding like, ah, I can't deny that there's a part of this record that I am. Oh, no, it's, oh, trust me, the disrespect is coming. The disrespect, yo, like, uh, you know what? Don't get, don't get, don't don't get confused. Yeah. Don't 
No, listen, stay on course. Yeah. Cold we're going to stay, stay right here because the okay. So once again, um, Mena brought Mena brought up an amazing point, um, and which has just been, you know, it's just been, it's probably been one of the most important points that have been made so far about this album in totality. The fact that this album is a celebration of Travis's ear. This album is truly an example of that. Um, while, you know, depending on your background, Travis is very divisive. Depending on what type of music listener you are, um, this can be very, you know, uncomfortable for you. This can be a, a record that, you know, makes you cringe a little bit because it's not what you're used to, um, because it's not the traditional boom bap straight through, because they're not double and triple entendres layered through. Um, but what you can't say is that Travis is not trying and he's not putting his foot in this shit and really pushing the envelope a lot further than a lot of artists that we're comfortable with. And a record like Wake Up and this segment that they're probably about to bash is even if it's not your cup of tea, it's still more ambitious than a lot of Travis's contemporaries that he's in the same conversation with. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, we, we've just had an album called, you know, the off you know what? Never mind. <laughs> no, never no, mind. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. You in your bag? I, I'm just gonna yeah. say, you know, we 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 give a lot of plaudits, a lot of uh a lot of uh of big ups to a lot of artists who stay in very comfortable zones and very comfortable places throughout the duration of their career, right? Whether it be OVO, whether it be Dreamville, whether it be TDE. A lot of them stay in the bag that's comfortable to them. And they just kind of regurgitate that album after album after album. And you know what to expect. That doesn't mean that I'm dissing them. They're amazing rappers. But the reason why Travis deserves to be in the conversation with them is because of the records like this, where he's pushing the envelope and he doesn't mind making you uncomfortable with his artistry. If it don't mean brilliance, he doesn't mind making somebody uncomfortable with, with these types of records. And you don't get to greatness in this generation. I'm not talking about the 90s. I'm not talking about the 80s. I'm not talking about the early 2000s. You don't get to greatness in this generation without pushing the envelope. You, he needed this. You need to have records like this if you're Travis and you know, you're trying to shock the world. You need that. Well said. Well fucking said. Agreed. Okay. I think that's why this this is the album in his discography that makes his mark. Mm-hmm. He came to show out, and he's like, "Let me see who I can bring together and what I can bring to the table and push the envelope." It makes me realize more. It, it, it's Travis. You're either for Travis or you're not. Uh, uh, a lot. I don't. I don't see a lot of people who are in the middle with it. Like you're either, either old as a fart or you are of the times. Next one is five percent ten. Um, it's produced by Mike Dean, and I keep saying this wrong. If somebody knows, correct me. FKI first. Yeah, is it's, it's, yeah. FKI yeah. is the rap group. First is the actual part. He's the he's the member. It's a group. Thank you. That's the member name. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So five percent ten is the is the song. Um, any opening statements on this track? You want to kick it off, Mena? Yeah, because I'll make it quick. Um. I lived in L.A. for a few years and I moved back in 2017. And I remember this album came out summer of 2018. So I remember hearing 
uh, 5% tent blasting out of like a FedEx window. Like it was on Fifth Avenue and 55th Street or something. I was like working an office gig back in the city. And just I remember taking a lunch break and taking a walk. Matter of fact, I was by Rockefeller Center. So a very predominantly tourist and predominantly white area. And I just remember having that moment, which is ironic because Travis is a Houston artist, but feeling like, oh, I am home. The fact that 5% tent was blasting out of a FedEx driver's open, you know, when they have that like no door situation and it was just blasting and bumping on the block right between Rockefeller Center and like whatever that racist ass bar with the with the fucking cow is. <laughs> People who party downtown might know what I'm talking about. Or like the mechanical bull. But like in a very like predominantly white kind of money driven area. Oh. Utah, Johnny Utah's. Johnny Utah's, which I think they're racist as fuck. So whatever. Oh, hell yeah. In between Johnny Utah's and Rockefeller Center where the tree goes, like having that moment. And it was one of those moments where it reminds me like, yeah, I'm back home. I'm in New York. Like this is that energy where you could be in these areas and still people of the culture and our people are like the ones driving the force and the energy behind the city. And that was a moment for me. So that song is special to me in that way. And I think the fact that it could be blasted and enjoyed in that way speaks volumes for how good of a song it is. And uh, Tori, and you have something? <sighs> All right, guys. So for me, like this is what, what begins happening, right? With Travis Scott, he starts doing a, kind of the same thing over again and kind of like reboxing it, right? He kind of gives you this club atmosphere, this party atmosphere, this mosh pit atmosphere, right? But then every song he's doing it. So like on this one, I call this one the paranoia song. Like it's it's the paranoia. It's going on. He's you know he he took the drugs and now he's at the point where everything is fucking weird around him. He's looking at everybody sideways. All right. Like I'm a celebrity and everybody wants something from me. I'm fucking paranoid. Right. Like am I giving a good? Like I've never done drugs, but hey, tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm alright. Give me give me you know somebody throw me a bone here. Right? I just want us to pan to LA right now, getting comfortable about to take a nap. <laughs> because, <laughs> that's what, because that's what it does. Judge, do you see this, Judge? Judge, do you that's see this? Does. I, I agree. The judge, he's so, making a mockery of the court. Are you snoring? Okay, I, think you, I think you can hear him snoring. My courtroom. We can hear him snoring. We can hear him. I need you to respect my courtroom, LA. Making a mockery of the court. Damn, man. You thought we was playing J. Cole in there with a man sleeping like that. Okay, so did anyone else have something to say on this? I think, uh, Danny, were you going to say something? Yeah, I think this is um, a great ode to two different songs. Um, the Five Percent Tint uh, was also how he parted, how he branded the album uh, by just releasing certain song names, and the certain songs are the actual songs that are specifically uh, homages to Houston. Like this song, the name and title is supposed to be homage to Slim Thug for his verse on uh, on Still Tippin' with, on Mike Jones' album. And um, the chorus is actually fucking Goody Mob's chorus from Cell Therapy, um, which I don't think a lot of people catch. And, and uh, going back to what this album is, I think uh, I think a big thing is also... This album wasn't meant for us. I'm realizing more as more goes down. It's meant for Houston, you know, like it's meant for them. So the fact that we even like it is just an extra for him, I feel like. I feel like he really doesn't give a fuck how people outside of Houston feel about it remotely. He's just happy 
and reaping all the benefits that people did love it. And he knew he was going to sell regardless and have his audience regardless of this doing well or not. Next one is Astro Thunder. Astro Thunder is produced by Matthew Tavares, River Tibber. Uh, let's see. V, you v- forgot NC-17? Yeah, you skipped huh? NC-17. Yeah. We you know yeah. why? You know why he skipped it? You know why he skipped it? No, 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 no. He's trash. Relax. Relax. He's disrespect. He's disregard. Ah, he's distracted by your disrespect. Right now. Relax. Yes, I am. I was distracted actually. But yes, NC Seventeen features Twenty One Savage. Twenty One. And it's produced by Mike Dean, Alan Ritter, and Q Beats and Boy Wonder. Who got something to say on this one? You guys are all quiet. I do. You know why they're quiet, Judge? You know why they're quiet? Because shit is getting it's not looking good, bro. It's, it's like, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me break this album down for the people who still listening to this episode, right? <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me let me give the, the real synopsis of this album. You see how everybody in the beginning of this episode was excited. They were boasting and bragging on what songs they like. Now we're getting later on in the album and their soliloquies is a little bit shorter. They only got too much to say. They're finding whatever they could find that's make it look good. That's because they're running out of shit. You know why? Because this album is running out of shit. It's boring now, bro. It had its high points. It started good. Now it, it's cool. I ain't saying it's trash, but it's cool. Like, it's I. Right. It's, it's subpar. Yeah, you're bugging because 21 bodies this. Okay, I'm going to say something that might not be expected because of the energy I've been carrying so far, but got to agree with LA a little bit here in the sense that, again, like I said, coming into this, I straddle the line with this album because I do think it's amazing and I enjoy it and I will listen to it again and again. But maybe it's because of the length of the album. But yeah, around this time is where I start feeling like something start feeling the same. It doesn't put me to sleep. It just, I I got, I get so excited with where we're starting in the beginning. And then I kind of like where we pick up later on. And I'm not saying I don't love this because I'm a big 21 fan. I'm a Don Tolliver fan, which we're going to get into later, all of those things. But this is around the time where I'm like, okay, now we've heard Travis be Travis for a minute. And we're just going to keep hearing Travis be Travis for the rest of the record until. I think what Mana is saying is kind of getting redundant, guys. Yeah, that might be what I'm saying. All right. I know how to take accountability. I think at this Don't point. But you champion you know, a Meek Mill album and talk about redundant LA. The chases. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> that, you're lucky I was I didn't stay last time because that shit was ass. Judge, next song, Judge. All right. We're gonna <laughs> okay. Don't tell me how to run my courtroom. Right? Don't tell me how to run my shit. We'll get into the next song now, though. Next song is <laughs> On my on my terms, Astral Thunder is produced by Matthew Tavares, River Tibber, uh, and like I said, Vegan, John Mayer, Thundercat, Frank Dukes, and Travis Scott himself. Um, how do we feel about this joint? So Julie, this is River Tibber five times fast. He, um, <laughs> this is just an interlude. This is an interlude. We all feel it. We all hear it. This is just a basic interlude. So there's nothing special here. But I will say, because we love the production in A&R ear of Travis, you got Thundercat and John Mayer in the middle of a hip-hop record that was your coming-of-age story, so we got to give credit to that. Yeah. 
And that's exactly why I wanted to highlight it and see if you guys had something to say on it. But we can move on if you don't. It's just him realizing to be a it's a build up. Yeah, it's a build up for Yosemite. That's the way I see this song. Yeah, it's a building block, just like that. Yeah, it is. It, it builds up because, you know, he's kind of like realizing like, yo, I got to stop being like this. I can't be doing drugs and shit all the time and, you know, waking up in weird places. I got a kid now. I got to do this for Stormy. And I got this rich baby mom's. I got to make sure it's tolerable to be around. So, yeah, sets up Yosemite and pretty much says the same thing again. Okay, and without further ado, we'll get into Yosemite. Yosemite features Gunna and Nav. It's produced by Remy on the Beat, Sheldon Ferguson, uh, Turbo, and June the Genius. I have a quick question. Am I the only person who hates when they like a song with Nav in it? Who's that? I I hate him so much. I think he's the worst hip hop artist of all time. He's ass. I hate I hate when I like songs that he's in. I hate it. It bothers the fuck out of me. Yo, he's always on good songs, and he always delivers the most piece of bullshit ever. I think that Nav is extremely overrated. He's extremely overrated, but I do enjoy the, the vibe of this song. Who's Nav? You he's Khaled's mini me. He's an industry plant. He is actually a plant. But uh nah, this this record I, I can't I can't front. This record was the last of the Mohegan. This was like uh you remember Tori when you used to your bar days and you knew you was ready to go home because they said because the DJ said this word. All right, bar's about to close, so you automatically know that's how wow. I know I bet my day's wow. about to end soon. Wow. This is this is what this song is. It's Are you talking reminder. about picking up stragglers? I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't even know what that is. So I guess I can't answer that. But don't, don't associate with that, LA. Don't even associate with that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> but that you know, sounds like I, where he's going. You know, this song is the last call. It's the last call, guys. It's the last hurrah. Come get your drinks. Come, come, bar's about to close. We're about to leave there. Or you know what? Um, Julius hosts. You know, there's a certain song where the DJ plays, <laughs> and it's like, all right, he's trying to let you know, prepare to go home. We about- for alcohol. You know what I'm saying? So let me. So I, I have. You know a what this record is? This record is "Can We Chill in the Club?" Because you know it's a good song. But we know this shit is winding down. Yo, let's go get your coat check. You know what I'm saying? Or let's leave early so we can get to the park car so we can leave so we don't get stuck in traffic. This is the last good record here. And then everything else is a smooth exit out, you know? That's it, bro. That's okay. it. Is anyone in defense of this song? No, I mean, it's really wrong because there's going to be like three higher ass songs after this anyway. I am I am a defense of the song because number one, it has a gunniverse, which everyone loved when it came out, and everyone really, really, really rocked with and said in the club, in in party yep. at the barbecues in the yep. cookout. So that is and, and I can I can't present a video right now, but I'm pretty sure if you scour the internet, you would see tons and tons of videos with people loving this song. Actually, this song was some of uh, the people's favorite song on second or first favorite song That's on what I'm saying, the though. album. So I agree. It's a standout on the record and a lot of that has to do with the Gunniverse. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying, though. This is the last enjoyable moment of this project. 
Why we ain't like butter guy your fact ain't there or coffee bean ain't there? That shit is horrible, bro. You're bugging. Okay. You're we're absolutely we're not, bugging. We're not there yet. What we're gonna get into is can't say. Can't say features Don Tolliver, Mike Dean, London Sire, and Wonder Girl. So I am in defense of this song right here because let's say um this is the uh I wanna say uh the 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 big world introduction to Don Tolliver. He's on, on a, um, he's like, uh, you know, this is his moment on the album and everybody loves it. The people loves it. The people rock with him. People rock with that, rock with uh, the fact that him and Travis Scott actually has like something going on now. So the beat is great. The vibe is there. It's a great song. This song makes me feel like summer in a car, windows down, very late night, driving from the function back home to like, like on the FDR, the West Side Highway type of shit. Like, it's very late at night, the windows are down, it's summertime, it feels good, and you're just like riding fast somewhere. It doesn't feel like I'm at the function, it feels like I'm coming or going from the function. Yeah, it seems like the after party transitions to me. It's yeah. like, Yosemite is like, all right, the party wound down, but we're keeping the night going, we're going to find the after hours. Yeah. Which which I feel like it makes it even better. We'll get to the next song, but that's why the next song pops off the way it pops off. Yeah, I, I enjoy this song for that vibe alone on the way to the afties. This is this is your drunk 4 a.m. in your Uber singing along to the next spot. Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, Tori, you want to say something? I can't, I can't say people even made it to this song. <laughs> All right, so we'll get we'll get into the next song, which is uh, "Who What" features Quavo and Takeoff. Uh, offset. Sans Offset. Take off. Yeah, uh, Offset's a ad lib. I think he does. Yeah, no, it's not him in the ad libs. They don't uh, take off. I mean, Offset wasn't in the ad libs. He's not credited if if that um, happens. Yeah, it's just Quavo. Quavo and Takeoff that are credited, and it's produced uh-huh. by Cardo and Thirty Rock. This is one of those that just feels like another Travis Scott, Scott song to me. I think maybe the year that it came out, I might have been hyper because it was 2018. And back then, it's like, oh, shit, some of the Migos and Travis. But now looking back, I'm kind of like, all right, it's another Travis Scott song. And uh, did anyone else have something to chime in on for this track? That pew, pew, pew ad lib is great. <laughs> all right. So the next song, we're going to get into Butterfly Effect. And it's produced by Felix Leone and Murder Beats. Murder on the beat. Do y'all remember when this record came out, how upset everybody was because they thought this album was about to be trash. Now, all of a sudden, this record hard. Stop the cap. Stop the lies. I remember the tweets when this shit first came out and everybody, because this was the first one to come out. When everybody thought this was the record, this was what Astro World was gonna be. A lot of people wasn't championing this record. Now a lot of people wasn't feeling it. Now all of a sudden, oh, I get it. You know, it's a psychedelic. It's an automatopoeia. Shut the fuck up, nigga. Fuck this butterfly. Fuck the effect of the butterfly. This shit is horrible. Your Honor, can he spell onomatopoeia? <laughs> Every time I, yo, this is the second time or third time on record you have said this to me. Are you challenging my intellectual property? I'm just saying you haven't spelled it either time. 
<laughs> oh, God. Um, nah, I, right, love it. I have a new, I have a newfound love for this song. This song, um, because I recently learned how to drive, and this shit's fucking fun as fuck to drive to. Like this shit on a highway hits. I do not I'm trust Danny on the road. That sounds dangerous. Uh, I'm actually I have something to say. So it's really interesting to me um, how, uh, because as you listen to this album, obviously it's like a journey, right? He's he's telling you a journey of of his pretty much his um, life of dealing with celebrity, his love life, adulthood, um, parenthood, and you know just like you know basically newfound fame, right? So I'm listening to this and I'm like, all right. He's like he's telling that story. He's taking us on that journey while he's like, you know, going through, quote unquote, astral world. But I guess for me, the thing is, is just that it, it he's kind of even though like the names have different the songs have different names. He's kind of told the story about four times. Already. He's kind of like told that over. So I'm, I mean, so that's what I'm just trying to understand. Like, how many times can we hear him do this on the album? Because he's done it about five times on the album. In, in each one. So on Butterfly Flick, he's basically just saying everything you do, one one small thing you can do can cause an effect. So I guess, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if they keep having, like, Stormy wear, like, red lipstick and pumps, you know, something might happen when she gets old. Or, you know, if, if he doesn't take her to the park this one particular day, like, you know, little, little, little effects cause that. But how many times is he going to tell that story on this on this album? He's done it, like, five or eight. Well, we never called him a lyricist. Okay, cool. All right, as long as all right. Thank you, Mina. Arrested. I'll say that. I'll be the first to say that. You never right. gonna hear me put Travis in like my top lyricist, but you know we enjoy the musicality of it all. Okay. Anyone case, else has, some, has something on this one before I move? Move on. All right. So, uh, so we're gonna go into Houston Fornication. It's produced by Seven Thomas and Wallace Lane. How we feel in? I think this. Is I feel, I yeah. feel like the red hot chili pepper should fuck him up. How did they get paid? How you know they didn't get paid? I'm sure they got paid. They got paid. Well, he pa- he paid for uh, the song with Sharp West. He got sued by uh, DJ Paul, so he paid that, and that was like twenty million. So I'm sure if he had to, he w- he was going to end up paying, especially yeah. with everything. Everything they had writing on this album. Um, outside of the album, uh, it really, uh, I'm sure he more than paid what he had to to make sure this worked. After they came to find him and sue him, yeah. Probably. I think this is great placement because we're almost at the end and he's about to hit us with a little bit of a, you know, um, a cl- the, the song that closes everything out is a lot more mellow. So I think this placement being the penultimate song kind of just is reminds you of the energy and, and who he is and like the mark on his brand and what he usually brings to the table. So I enjoy the song. I think it's good placement because like we've mentioned, depending on who you are, for some people, things get a little bit repetitive in the middle or so-and-so. So at this point, it feels like a good place to be like, I right, this is a reminder of the Travis Scott brand. And then he's going to hit us with something a little bit more methodical afterwards. Yeah. Okay. All right. So without further ado, I'll get into the next song, which is the final song that you were referencing. Uh, Coffee Bean. Coffee Bean is produced by Mike Bean, T. 
Tim Selby, and 1985. What's our, what do we have on this one? Um, Julius, I want to hear from you. Um, I will hold my tongue and I will not, I will use the fifth, uh, you feel that victory lap coming, baby, you right? Yeah. You feel that victory? They can't keep that. You can't sustain this energy. Okay, bro. excuse me, Your Honor. I would like to speak for my co-counsel, Julius, because I actually have something to say here. Go for it. I, like, I think that this track is refreshing because it's not something I expected from Travis. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the beat itself and 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 the flow and everything that happens on it is just not what I would expect of a Travis Scott record. And for that alone, I will give him his due diligence in saying that I respect it as an ending to Astro World. It's a okay. culmination. It's a we don't know where you're gonna go next, except we did find out where he went next, and it kind of wasn't there. But at the time of the album, it's an interesting place to end. Okay. And, uh, and 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 Danny, do you have something? This is the next day where you're just having coffee or you're at the diner chilling sober and you just reflect on the day before. That's what this song is to me. It just ends it off. Okay. You know, you know what, Danny? I want to give you a lot of credit. I want to give you a lot of credit for somehow, some way, pulling the weight to somehow maintain this bullshit you've kept on for the last two hours, bro. Coffee Bean was horrible. All right, I won't say the track is horrible. Matter of fact, I don't even think, I don't even think the album is horrible because I started off saying the album is overrated. Just because it's overrated doesn't mean that it's, it's trash. I just don't think that the prestige that everybody has it on is deserving of that because this shit is all over the fucking place, bro. Like, I'm gassed. I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? I started this this uh, this musical experience on a full tank, and now I'm on E. I got to refill my tank tomorrow. There's a gas shortage, and so was the quality of music on this shit. It was a shortage of the quality, bro. And that's how you ended it. That's how you ended off this this world, this festival that you want us to feel good about. This astro world, you're only as good as your last remembrance, right? So our last remembrance of this record is a coffee bean, bro. Nah, get this at this shit the fuck up. Bro, pack it up. You ever had coffee? You ever had coffee at like 7, yes. 8 a.m. after crazy Yo, bro, night? let me, let me, all right, yeah. man, let me ask you a question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 listen to this, though. When you drink your coffee, do you want to taste the beans? Or do you want it fully brewed? If you're, it's fully brewed, you don't want to tasting the beans. Your Honor, please, with both of them. Okay. You okay. like, these, uh, both, these points are both irrelevant. We've reached the we've reached the end. <laughs> and, uh, I just want to say that this has been an experience for me uh, as a judge. Uh, you guys came with some good points, some irrelevant points. <laughs> so you know, we learned a lot. We learned that it's Tame Impala, not Tame Impala. <laughs> uh, we we learned. 
we learned that this album has its ups and downs. You guys used a lot of different references that I think made your points. Uh, Torian, you wanted to, you had something? I think the most important thing that we we learned is that Reggie hates Stevie Wonder and thinks that he can really see and fights him in his in his dreams. I love Stevie Wonder. Love Stevie Wonder. I, I'm glad that you said that because I actually saved that conversation that you and I had. And I'm definitely going to use it in the, in my editing of the episode. Let him know, Reg. I love Stevie. All right, that tells me that tells me nothing. I got another I, record back there. I heard he me. plays. I heard he plays Stevie in the background while he shadow boxes. I love Stevie. I have a harmonica too. Please, oh, please, no, please, we gotta go. Please, I, I gotta go too. Yes. That's, that's only because you're from Detroit. And no. give us like a couple notes. Give us a couple notes. I'm not. I'm not very good. I'm not very good. Let's give it a shot. Any closing statements from me? Yes. This. Oh, okay. Hold on now. Okay. Oh, Monica. No. I bought this drunk one night with Danny at, and I'm. <laughs> I still have it. But no, I don't. Um. Were, were you gonna say something, Julius? Close my closing statement. This is a classic. Done. Okay, but we got through that, but I'm giving my rating as the judge. For, uh, oh, sorry, uh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, Julius, you don't give a rating. Reg, I, oh, I know. I was us. just saying that just to say it. Thank you. Okay, so. All right, what, what Julius is going to do is fucking respect me. Reg, <laughs> judge, I, I would like it if you would just get straight to the point and let us know the verdict. I, I want right. to know that me and LA won this case. So the verdict is uh, this album is, in fact, not a classic. This album, this album, this album, you guys were swayed. You guys That's all fair. swayed in your points. That's fair. This whole time, you know, you swayed. You didn't stick to one side. You started out strong, like you said that this album did. But also toward the end, you were able to sway each other's sides and you didn't stay singular. You know, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for people. I was looking for you guys to just stay on one end. Conviction. You were looking for conviction. I would not have Julius. LA, stop dancing around because there were parts where you two were like coming over to our end too. So, no, us having a judge. Order, order. I was looking for intent in your arguments, and there wasn't enough intent on both sides. However, there was enough on that side for me to determine that this is not a classic. So it's not a classic. It's four stars. That's enough for me. Four out of how many? Five? Four out of five. That's a pretty high rating, though. Four waffles out of five. Four waffles? I think we did all right, though. Everybody's energy on this album was high. And just like the album, it came down. That's all I wanted to show. And I revealed that over this whole episode. So my... My tactic of actually being a lawyer may be a little unorthodox. Also, LA, still- LA, through this whole process, you were also convinced because you started out saying that it's just overrated. And then you it is overrated. But then you started bashing it, right? But then yes, started- I had to prove why it wasn't it, it, why it's overrated. I get that. But then you were also swayed as to the greatness that lies in this album. There's there's a lot of great things in this album. That's that why I said it's good. just because I said it's overrated doesn't mean it's trash. Okay, but that was my whole finish. argument from start to finish. Let I me finish. Let me, let me finish. You just won the case. You want to lose? Throw him out. <laughs> Throw him out of the court, Judge. <laughs> you want all right? Order in the court. Here. So I'm saying, you know, 
you were swayed a lot too. You were swayed a lot, but your saving grace was actually Torian sticking to his guns because he knew exactly what he what the case was that you guys were going for and what you were pulling for. The intent had to stay had to stay there. You weren't solid the whole way. What where where was the holes in my argument? Drake. I I what? You, you, no, you, all you, I asked, no, all I asked was, is it Uchi Wally Wally or is it one mic? That's all I asked. Listen, we man. We can't get on one man, person. You got it. You got it. get on one person point. for having ghostwriters. And then I brought in the writer of that record. I'll wait till. And I just wanted wait, to know. I'll wait till, I I'll wait till the, the recording is over because I don't want the judge to recant what he has to say. But he can't he do that. That's double jeopardy. But this is four. It, so uh, <laughs> grab four out of five waffles. Um. Whether or not everyone agrees with that, that is the final statement on it. And we are in closing. I think that's a fair ruling, Your Honor. I give it three and a half. I can't wait. I can't wait till we do next week's episode. I have I have and will be first class reg. I'm Torian B. And we are out of here. Catch you guys. Next